So that's why you're green around the gills. Spring comes to the bush belt and the young bucks start butting their heads together. So what? So... I can't answer that. But don't let it gum up the work around here. No, I won't. But I'm not going to give him a free hand either. Oh, this is gonna be great. The Indian's knocked out. We're stuck with a woman photographer. Now you and the Frenchman break out in monkey bites and we're a month behind already. So what? So don't give him a free hand. Thanks for joining us again. This is Mike Mizgleski and Mike Haber, and welcome to another podcast from the Jim Church School of Digital Underwater Photography. One of the themes that Mike and I have been anxious to tackle in podcast form is the proper method of blending ambient light and strobe light to make the perfect exposure for an underwater photograph. Our problem is that there isn't enough time in a single podcast to adequately cover the subject, so we won't try to do it in one big bite. This will be the first of several episodes that, we hope, will help you master the skills of balancing natural light and strobe. The first thing you need to do to prepare yourselves for this episode is to memorize a concept. Not only memorize it, but embed it into the deep recesses of your brain that controls photographic cognitive reasoning. That's the part of your brain right next to where your local pizza restaurant's telephone number is stored. It's that important. And here is the concept. Whenever you shoot a photograph with a strobe, you are, in effect, taking two pictures simultaneously, one on top of the other, in the same frame. Let's say it together. Whenever you shoot a photograph with a strobe, you are, in effect, taking two pictures simultaneously, one on top of the other, in the same frame. Now, what exactly do we mean by this? Imagine a beautiful reef scenic somewhere in the Caribbean in the middle of the day. The image that you wish to record contains a large portion of blue water as well as a sizable piece of the reef itself. Now, although there's plenty of ambient light, you already know from your past experience that in order to bring out detail in the shadows and capture the color of the corals in the sponges, you'll have to use a strobe to put light into the shadowed area and to add the color that's been filtered out by the water. The trick is to determine how much strobe light will provide the correct illumination without over or underexposing the ambient light. So, Here is where that two simultaneous pictures concept comes into play. The final image will reflect your ability to determine the right exposure for each of your two light sources, so that when they're blended together in the camera, the result is a pleasing photograph. An example of this kind of scene can be found by going to the July podcast page on our website, www.jimchurchphoto.com, and clicking on the Podcast 18 button. 
When taking a daylight strobe photo, your job is to first look at the scene as if it were going to be a natural light shot. Utilizing the skills that you practice in Podcast 7, you'll need to use your camera's internal light meter and correctly meter the scene for its most important element, the blue water. Why the blue water and not the reef itself? Ultimately, we're going to let the strobe deal with the reef. But unless we meter the blue water correctly, that element of the image might be overexposed, making the water look milky white or underexposed, making it look almost like a night dive. Remember, the goal of the image is a balance of strobe and natural light. If you look at any daylight photo published in a dive magazine, the blue water always looks blue. That's your aim here as well. So, where should we meter? For the vast majority of circumstances, you'll want a meter on the midwater blue. By that we mean at a level directly ahead of you, not up towards the surface or down towards the deep. Point your camera away from anything that will block the meter and give you a false reading, such as the reef itself. You're only interested in blue water. In fact, you may actually find yourself turning away from the scene you're about to shoot in order to meter on an unobstructed portion of the water. Once you've metered the blue water, set your camera for that aperture and shutter speed combination your meter is indicated. For the sake of this exercise, let's say your meter suggested f8 at a 60th of a second at ISO 200. You're halfway to a perfect exposure. Now after you've correctly calculated the ambient exposure, you must now determine the amount of strobe light that will be required to complete the image. Determining the strobe exposure is actually pretty simple. You'll need to know two things, your strobe to subject distance and your strobe's output at that distance. In podcast three, Mike and I spoke about how to create a simple magic strobe chart that would accurately give your strobe's output information in f-stops for a given distance. We described a topside method that used your strobe and your digital camera. The magic strobe chart is so important We'll spend the remainder of this podcast describing two additional methods of creating it. One topside, one underwater. After this, if you can't make your own chart, well, you can always sign up for one of our aggressor classes and we'll help you make one. The topside method requires a digital flash meter. Perhaps you already own one or a friend of yours will let you borrow one. Mike and I find that this is an indispensable tool that we always travel with. Aside from assisting us in creating our own magic strobe charts, a digital flash meter allows us to periodically check the consistency of our strobe's light output. It's great for on-the-run troubleshooting. We've checked online, and a good digital flash meter can be purchased for under $200. Quality brands such as Sekonic and Gossen will do the job nicely. Take the light meter and set the ISO two stops lower than the ISO you plan to set in your camera. For example, if you intend to shoot your camera at ISO 200, set the strobe meter for ISO 50. This two-stop difference will account for the effect that water has on light. Water absorbs light. How much? It depends on the water conditions. But for average conditions, let's say clear Caribbean water, we lose about two stops. Set the shutter speed on the flash meter for 125th of a second or 1 250th of a second. This will minimize the effect that the ambient light might have on your flash meter. Place the flash meter on a solid object like a table or a desk and then position your strobe exactly four feet from your flash meter. 
Why four feet? Simple. That translates into three apparent underwater feet, and that's where we want to base this test. Fire your strobe at manual full power directly towards the flash meter. The flash meter will deliver a reading in f-stops. Let's say for this example it reads f5.6. You now know that at three apparent feet with your strobe at full power and your camera set for ISO 200, your lens should be set for f5.6 for the correct strobe exposure. From this single number you can build your magic strobe chart. So get a pen and paper and make two columns. In the left column, from the top down, write the numbers 1, 1.5, 2, 3, and 4. Those are your apparent distances in feet. In the right column, across from the 3 foot mark, write the correct f-stop from your own strobe test. In this case it was f5.6. Now at 4 feet, subtract one f-stop and write f4. At 2 feet, add one f-stop and write f8. At a foot and a half, add another f-stop and write f11. And at one foot, write f16. You can refer to our Podcast 18 page for an example of this chart. Our in-water method of creating this chart doesn't require any additional equipment purchase, but it does require a cooperative dive buddy. This strobe test is best performed during a time of day or in a location that the ambient light will have little effect on the image. As far as time of day, either early in the morning or late in the day. As far as location, under an overhang or inside of a shipwreck where direct sunlight isn't a problem. But always do this test in the same water conditions you intend to shoot in. New Jersey water is a little bit different than Grand Cayman water. Find a spot where you and your dive buddy can settle and kneel on the bottom without damaging the environment. A sandy bottom works nicely. Kneel facing each other with your arm extended forward touching fingertip to fingertip. See our podcast 18 page for a photo of this. We call this the church salute. Give or take an inch, that puts about three apparent feet between your noses. Once you're in this position, take a sequence of strobe exposures of your dive buddy. Set your digital camera for the manual exposure mode and your strobe on full manual power. Set the ISO to the lowest possible number like 100 or 200. In this case, let's use ISO 200. Set your shutter speed for its highest possible strobe sync, 1 125th of a second or 1 250th of a second. Point-and-shoot cameras may sync at higher speed, but for our exercise, if you're using a point-and-shoot camera, set yours for 1 125th of a second. Starting with your lowest aperture setting, f2.8 or f4, take a photograph. Then continue shooting your buddy each time increasing the aperture one f-stop until you run out of f-stops. f2.8, f4, f5.6, f8, f11, f16, etc. Make sure you give the strobe enough time to recycle fully between each shot. When you review your images at the surface, find one that looks properly exposed. Let's say that in this case it was the one taken at f5.6. You now know that at ISO 200, at three apparent feet, with your strobe set to full, you get a good strobe exposure at f5.6. From the results of this test, you can build your own magic strobe chart, just as you were able to from the topside flash meter test. So, where are we now? 
Well, you now know that if you're going to have blue water in your photograph, you have to start by metering the blue, and only the blue. And you have several methods of creating the magic strobe chart. You have all of the tools necessary now to balance ambient and strobe light into one blended image. Also, right next to the pizza guy's phone number in your brain, you've permanently embedded the mantra, whenever you shoot a photograph with a strobe, you are in effect taking two pictures simultaneously, one on top of the other, in the same frame. Next week, we'll show you how to put it all together. As always, we enjoy hearing from you, so please continue to send us your ideas for future podcasts. You can do this by emailing us at podcast at jimchurchphoto.com. Remember that you can get the archive of all of our previous podcasts on our website by clicking on the podcast button at the top of the homepage, www.jimchurchphoto.com. Until next week, this is Mike Mezgleski and Mike Haber, and we'll be seeing you on the next podcast. Good morning. Good morning, Sean. Jumbo, Arga. Jumbo. Well, what do we got for breakfast this morning? Bacon and eggs. Ah, my favorite codfish cakes. Deep fried and antelope fat. I love it. What's the matter? Isn't anybody eating?